Thanks for joining us for Mississippi Prospects, a podcast focused on economic and community development in our state. Hosted by Jeff Friend and brought to you by the Mississippi Economic Development Council. Disruption or disrupt. When you look in the dictionary, a number of different definitions come up. Some of the more common ones, to cause disorder or turmoil, to destroy, usually temporarily, the normal continuance of unity, to break apart. But in business, this is one of the new buzzwords, to radically change an industry, business strategy, etc., as by introducing a new product or service that creates a new market. To talk about disruption is our guest, Laura Bowman. She is our guest today on Mississippi Prospect. She is the executive director of the Enterprise, the economic development organization for Choctaw and Webster counties. Laura brings experience in human resources, nonprofit organizations, management, and university-level outreach, providing training in businesses and industries and technology applications. Laura is also certified as a business retention and expansion coordinator. She received her MBA and Bachelor of Arts from Mississippi State University. Welcome. Thank you. So talking about disruption, and you you and I have had a chance to chat offline a little bit about this. You got to go to a conference really focusing on the, I don't know what to call it, maybe the art of disruption or the practice of in the business world. Let's talk first of all about that conference. Yeah, so the conference was called Disrupted, and it really took a focus from a marketing perspective is, you know, how can you disrupt your audience, your industry that you're working with? How can you tell your story in a way that it's not been told before to help get your your story and what you want people to know about you, about your organization, and for us about our communities. How can we communicate that in a way where it's not been told that way before? How can we really um, disrupt your audience to effectively share your message? I've likened it to we have inserted the word disruption and for innovation because a lot of it's thinking outside of the box, doing things outside of the norm. Like you said, telling the story and economic development. A lot of people ask me, explain to me what economic development is. I said a lot of it's marketing who we are, what our advantages are, and telling our story. And once we can tell our story, and if it's a compelling story, we get people who are interested in coming, especially in our case, to Mississippi for you, uh, Choctaw and Webster counties. Right. And so that's probably the biggest thing I took away from the conference was there was people from huge markets across the U.S. And then there was me sitting in there from a rural area. But we all had the same problem. It was getting people to understand what is economic development? How do you do economic development? What is the purpose? And so it was good to come together and to see that we all had that same struggle in telling our story. But the way we had to go about it had to be different for each community, because if you're a very large community, if you know, if there was an attendee from Jacksonville, Florida versus me in two rural counties in Mississippi, we've still got to find what is different and unique about our communities. And we've got to tell that in the most effective manner possible. And I think one good point that came out was you've got to talk about the good, the bad and the ugly. And so often when telling our story, we only want to highlight what's important, what the good is. Well, there could be bad. You just need to tell that story on how you came from bad to great. What was the process? You know, you disrupted something if you completely changed your course from something that was negative to a huge positive. So telling our story, and I like the point where you're saying turning the ugly into something great, because a lot of people won't own up to some of those uh, transgressions or weaknesses. I've always said uh, in the marketing side, because that's my background, public relations and marketing, that 
you own it, and then you tell people either your plan to fix it and turn it into a positive or tell them how you overcame that challenge. The traditional marketing paradigm is pretty simple. I mean, you advertise, you, you buy a print ad in a, a vertical trade publication, maybe some television spots. Now we do a few banner ads uh, on digital. Is it time that we break out of that traditional mold? Yes, I think so. And that was the discussion there at the conferences. Now we also have so many digital tools available to us. I know even for me, sometimes it's overwhelming to like, gosh, I can't keep up with that. Or now I've got to go and figure out this, you know, social media platform or what is this um, new piece of software that can help you, you know, design a piece better. And so you've got to figure out how to use these different mediums to best put your message across. So now we can all be an instant reporter. Everyone's got a camcorder in their purse, in the back of their pocket with a phone. But if you're going to do a digital video or some type of digital video marketing your community, quality is always the best thing. And so those were some of the things that we talked about is we have so many advertising marketing tools available to us. What do you use and what's the quality of that? You know, we can all slap up a video and post it to YouTube. I can do that in about a minute. But you want to have something that's quality, that it's actually going to tell your story versus just being able to post something. There's so many options that we have now. Where is your audience at and how are you going to best reach them and what's going to get their attention with that quality piece? And getting away from this is who we are, this is what we have, give us a shot. You're more focused on identifying the audience and telling the story, identifying that audience, and then telling them a story that they not just want to hear, but they need to hear and one that is compelling. How do you find that story and who are you working with to come up with that message? So one thing I liked about this conference is it just didn't talk about you being a disruptor in your industry or from a professional point. It also talked about you being able to be a disruptor personally with who you are and how um, you're reaching out to people. And one of the things we talked about is you got to ask who or what needs disrupting in your community. You have to become a new observer. So you've got to look at your community, step back, look at it removed from your job that, hey, I am in economic development. I've got this is the best place ever. I'm going to sell it, sell it, sell it. Take a step away and look, okay, that's actually pretty cool. Um, One thing we're kind of honing in on in one of my communities is there's a whole biking community that's really into mountain biking. And we have the highest rated mountain biking trail system in the state of Mississippi. Who knew that? How can we capitalize on that group of people that are coming to our community? How can they're attracted? They want to be here. They're traveling from all over the state, neighboring states. That's an organic story that's there that we need to figure out how to tell that to shed a positive light that people do want to be here in our communities. And so it's stepping back. You know, that's no interest of mine. (laughs) You know, that's something that, you know, I wouldn't jump on. But That's a good thing that's happening in our community, and we need to figure out how to tell that story. So it's really removing yourself from kind of the everyday walk and just observing what's new. What can you tell to help show who your community really is? Site selection consultant had told me one time, "Ah, quality of life, everybody's got it. That was a few years ago. Site selection consultants today are telling me, sell me on your quality of life again. And the example you just used really speaks to the point of What kind of life do you have outside of work? We're going to come here. We're going to create 100 new jobs, invest $13 million. Um, That's only part of the day for these employees or these people who are working for this company. 
Uh, are you focusing more on those types of assets in your community and saying, we've got all the traditional stuff. We've got your industrial park or we have your developable sites, but here's what you do when you're not at work. Absolutely. And so being from a rural area in Mississippi, we immediately don't have a lot of things and we're not going to have a lot of the amenities that people are looking for. So we've got to find out how can we sell ourselves differently than somewhere else? Well, no one else can claim mountain biking. You know, we've got national forests from the Natchez Trace to um, several national forests that are in my area. And sustainability is a huge piece that I keep hearing site selectors talk about as well too and it's what do you do after work and so people are looking for different activities than what they were looking for I think even 15-20 years ago and so it might be selling this great recreational facility that you have and some communities can sell that when others don't and that's what matters into that quality of life piece and so I think that's exactly it you've got to find out what makes people want to live in your community and that's going to be different for everyone and I think you've got to ask those that have moved into the area that maybe might not be a lifelong resident because you've certainly got those blinders on if you've lived in that community for several years or you're not getting out and seeing you know what's going on differently and so I think that's all about becoming a new observer to your community and finding what's different what's unique what can what do we have that others don't have that would be attractive How do you sell it when you're working on your marketing materials and say you're answering to a board or bosses who are generationally different and are more focused on those things that are traditional, that worked for them 20 years ago? You've got these disruptive tactics and ideas that you want to do and say, hey, we have this industrial park, we want to develop this site, and I want to do this ad on our mountain bike trail. How are you selling that to the decision makers uh, at the end of the day, and are, are they buying it? I hope you have that answer, Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's certainly the hard part. And what many of us are called to do in our jobs every day is there's a, a human capital piece. We know that community development's the most important thing. And that's that quality of life is that people can find a home regardless of you having all these other great things that can land you somebody. What makes the community around that really great? Every community is really great. You can ask every Um, economic developer, anyone in their community, any elected official, anyone that lives in a community, they're there for a reason. So it's going to be great. But you've really got to sell people on that. And that's, I think, the challenge is you've got to make that hard sell. And I think the hardest sell is at the local level. You've got to get those there at the local level in your community to see things differently along with you and to make that commitment to saying, we're going to own this. This is part of our story. And I know for me and my daily job, that is the hardest part of it is trying to sell those there that you're working alongside every day that I know you could care less about a mountain biking trail, but this could one day make the difference and this could be used to attract people into our community. And having the people there and available and having a sustainable workforce uh, will only mean that you are sustaining your economic climate for future generations. Let me ask you about this, and we talked about it before. Uh, You also, we talked about employing newer tools into your recruitment, uh, virtual meetings and agendas and way to target and communicate with prospects uh, around the nation, really around the world. I mean, it's global today. What are some of the tools that you're finding that you're trying to employ right now to make this uh, the communication effort on your part a little easier? No, that's a, a great question and a large part of the conference. So 
we have all of these different ways to communicate, but we still have to be strategic about those that we're reaching and about the type of communication that we're using. And so now with the internet being able, you can connect with anyone over a video feed. And so how can you use that to your advantage when you're trying to make that sale for your community? So just asking someone, hey, can I have 30 minutes of your time? Can we do a virtual meeting? There's multiple platforms. So I'm one of a few that likes Google Hangout. I don't know why. It's just what I've always used. But you can literally pull up multiple screens. You can share maps. You can show videos within that live feed. So you can be showing a video, talking over it, explaining what's so great about your industrial site is, you know, you might have drone footage that's flying over it. You can be pointing it out. You can pause it. You can answer questions. And you can be hundreds of miles away from the company or the prospect that you're speaking with. And so that's just one example of we have all of this technology and innovation at our hands. Let's apply it to what we're doing every day. And so it can also, um, I think this is one of my favorite ways being on a limited budget is always trying to cut corners and save money. Well, you can connect with anyone, not just over the phone. You can have a face-to-face conference through one of the online platforms. And there's lots of go-to meetings and different sites where you can set that up at. You talked about realizing cost savings because the recruitment process we know can be expensive, and especially if you're talking about bringing in corporate executives and doing site visits. But you mentioned a couple of things that struck me. One of them was uh, using drone footage. And then in this virtual meeting space, being able to show them aerials and different vantage points of possible site that this company may consider. How important is that to have as a tool in your toolbox? I think it's going to become something that is expected. I mean, think how many kids can get a drone for Christmas and they can all take pictures and video now and feed it right back to your phone. But again, that quality is the issue. So I think being able to take really quality drone footage video and to show a site selector or a prospect exactly what it is that they want to see without having to physically walk that site, that's the key of it. And so I think it's going to become an expectation because drones and being able to fly them are becoming more readily available. There are people who do that professionally, I know, for a living. And so I think that's going to become an expectation. You know, we had Google Earth all those years, but that's not good enough now. That's just a still image. When with a drone, you can actually move from point to point. You can zoom in on things. So I think it's going to become something you've just got to do moving forward. What I like in Mississippi is that we're leading the charge in the use mm-hmm. of unmanned aerial systems. We have the Center of Excellence up at Mississippi State University. Then we were designated by the Federal Aviation Administration a few years ago. Very important, and they will be helping integrate unmanned systems into the U.S. national airspace. This is a very key point or an important uh, emerging tool for economic developers everywhere of getting that aerial footage where you used to have to either get a helicopter to do a flyover, which still may be done late in the game, or you also maybe charter a plane. All very expensive. And now, even if you contract with a small UAS company uh, that can get those aerials and then also marry it up with some GIS data and show those maps and all the infrastructure that may be available to that site. It's got to save hundreds, probably thousands of dollars in costs. Yes, and I even heard that example where you set up a large TV screen, um, 
this one example was there was a site visit, and so they set up large TV screens in the back of a truck. They had to put a tent up to keep the glare over, and there was someone right there on site running that drone. And so if the prospect asked, what about this over here? Let's take a closer look at that. They were doing it all in real time. And so they were standing there in the shade, not having to walk a site, not having to get in Mississippi hot, muddy, all of those things that we have issues with. You're standing in the shade and you're still seeing it real time. What's, you know, a thousand yards away, it's right there in front of you on a screen. And if you want to look closer at that piece of property, then you can tell who's driving their drone to, to take you there. Taking a look back at the topic that we're exploring today, which is how to be a disruptor. And we're talking a lot about in economic development, of course. You've also talked about personally in your own life, learning to be a disruptor. And what does that mean exactly? So that was probably my favorite part of the conference is we had a speaker come in and I think there's actually two or three that talked about that personal disruption. What can set you apart from others in your field or just, you know, daily in life? And really, it goes back to a lot of the lessons that your mama tried teaching you growing up, as I think, as I look at my notes here from the conference. And it was talking, you know, customer service. Um, how you treat people, given that really good one-on-one customer service, we're all we all want to feel important, no matter who we're with at the end of the day, and then making and keeping connections. Again, going back to the technology and innovation that we have, I know for me it's often overwhelming because I feel like I have to check email, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, all of these different platforms. But we have so many tools to make that connection. And I think it's finding one that's effective for you and making sure um, you do stay in contact with people and you value those relationships as you move forward. And then partnerships and collaborations. And this is something I learned the value of every day of working in multiple counties and towns and trying to get everybody on board and, you know, to lead that you have to be a collaboration expert is what my notes say. You know, no one wants to be told what to do. Um, you've got to invite people to get on the bus with you and you all, you know, go together. And so at the conference, we talked about several different personal leadership philosophies. And then one of my uh, my two last points I have here that I like the most is you've got to innovate continually. You cannot get comfortable. You know, there's people around us that are constantly innovating, coming up with something new. And I think, you know, you just can't get in that rut and we're all guilty of it. I know I certainly get in them and definitely go into these conferences. It recharged my batteries to see, hey, no matter my size, no matter what's going on, everyone's got the same problem as me. How am I going to solve it differently? How am I going to find that edge in my community to get ahead And the last point was something we've kind of already talked about was outthink rather than outspend. And that goes to using the digital tools that are available now to your advantage. So you talked about the expenses that... um, that expenses in economic development and having people come into your community. Well, see how you can do that even more effective and not have to spend as much. And so I should probably put that up on my wall (laughs) in my (laughs) office to remember that. Somebody's listening to the podcast today and the primary takeaways, and I think you probably just hit on a couple of those. If you had to list a handful, if you do anything at all, what is that? What can you do today to be disruptive? I think for me, what I took away from this entire conference that was called Disruptive was taking a step back and looking at my community differently and figuring out what are those points, what are those unique features that no one else has? How can we use those to our advantage to tell our story when 
that way our story will not be the same as someone else's. It will be completely different. And so I think just taking your glasses off, removing yourself and saying, okay, what can I do to, to see things differently? Or, hey, I've never thought about that before, or I've never realized there's people who actually enjoy coming to a very rural community and spending the day and spending the money. So why wouldn't someone want to live here because they enjoy doing that every day? And so for me, it was definitely removing the blinders. I think that just come with every day um, being there working. Laura Bowman joining us here on Mississippi Prospects, our chief disruptor for the day. Laura, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. I've enjoyed this. Mississippi Prospects is brought to you by the Mississippi Economic Development Council, the Mississippi Development Authority, Cooperative Energy, Greater Jackson Alliance, Entergy, Mississippi Power, Tennessee Valley Authority, Watkins and Eager, Butler Snow, Jones Walker, and produced by Pottery Studios. If you have questions or comments, join us on Twitter at MEDC Info.